And now it's time to go to therapy. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Obi-Wan! was I out? An hour. An hour? Yeah, Jesse really tagged you. Sorry, Commander! Hello and welcome to New Year. <laughs> 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 uh, 2023! 2K23, baby! <laughs> I can count to 2023! <laughs> 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 I'm just happy I can do it. It wasn't me. <laughs> See, Caleb, <laughs> look, who, who, which better co-host could you ask for? A guy who can do a TIE fighter noise and a guy who can do R2-D2. Now, you just have to master, what should he master? The silence of my heart when both of you... Oh, no, you have Baby Yoda mastered. I'm Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I was like, wait, what are you doing? I'm too young to what drink caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we won't be talking about Grogu today, but we might be talking about another a Yoda. They're all Yodas. We might be talking especially about... Yaddles. Yeah, we're talking about Tales of the Jedi, baby. But before we get into that, how have y'all been? Been pretty good. I'm glad last New year, year is over. Me. Yeah, me too. Same. Yeah. I was saying that last night a lot. I was like, yeah, <laughs> 2022 kind of sucked to be honest, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really weird too. I can actually hear it in the course of the podcast episode sometimes just because like, you know, I know what I was going through around like May and June when my life took a very particular turn one direction. I very much can hear it in my voice that either I'm so relieved to be doing this with my friends or I'm like very nervous and I can yeah. hear it very audibly in my voice. But no, I'm, I'm just glad to be over the hump and into the new. So 2022 was a very stagnant year for me and kind of 2021 as well. And like at the very end, I felt like I got out of some traps that I'd kind of found myself in just behaviorally employment wise, you know, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And I feel like 2022, the challenge was like enforcing change. 2023, I feel like the challenge will be like rolling with the punches as life forces change upon me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or at least the first part of the year. Cause I'm going to have to find a new place to stay in a little bit, which is, uh, not fun in Nashville. Let me tell you, those no, it's not. those housing prices. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the price of housing in Nashville. Wow, wow, wow! I know what you come to Star Wars therapy for: real estate discussion. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real though, I understand that because, like, look, me and my wonderful girlfriend Sarah were talking about that today. Of like, you know, what we want to see from each other in 2023, and like a big thing was her. You know, I said like, yeah, 2023 kind of threw us a bunch of curveballs, and then she said, yeah, but 2023 we need to like understand that they're probably gonna come and keep going yeah and yeah. it's like that's the hard thing because when you when something bad happens and then another bad thing happens and then another bad thing happens at a point you know it's not but you go is it me it's me isn't it like the universe is mad i'm doing something wrong you fall into this cradle of your feelings for mm -hmm. like a while and then eventually you have to like get out of it and you might not even like it, but it's comfortable. Yeah. And like, that's what I find myself doing at the end of 2022, because Sarah went away for two weeks, went to Egypt. She's back. She's fine. She brought me some cool stuff. Um, <laughs> And like having that time away from her made me go like, wow, I am. I just have to learn to be with myself and my cat, mm -hmm. but like mostly myself and like trying to get past that and understand it and move into something new. It's, it's challenging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do y'all, uh, 
have anything you're excited for in the new year, whether that be something like interpersonally or if if it's a media thing? I mean, I, to be honest with you, one of the things I'm excited for is Spider-Verse 2. <laughs> Movie-wise, mm-hmm. the first Spider-Verse really affected me and I love it very much and I'm excited to watch more movies in the theater and like go out more. I'm also excited to, I've gotten really interested in like bartending and I'm mm. not definitely not going to be a bartender. I, I can't do that, but I want to be like the best bartender for my friends. Like a mixologist. Yeah, Yeah. I want to get more into mixology and things like that. And musically, like Counterfeit's been doing like really cool stuff recently and I'm kind of coming back into my own music wise. And so like I'm I'm hoping to put stuff out there in the new year. You should do a solo song this year. Not even like a full EP or anything. Just release one solo song. It'll do that. It'll happen. And I think so. If you want me to do a melodica solo on it, hit me oh, up. Oh, you knew exactly the direction I was going for. <laughs> Unmarketable. Let's <laughs> make <laughs> I was playing my melodica. Oh, I'm sorry. Indie alternative. <laughs> I was playing my melodica the other day. I was playing Old Lang Syne. And my upstairs neighbors like started stomping on the ground. <laughs> really? <laughs> it is I don't think I've played my melodica for you yet. I don't Alex. think I knew you had one. It is it is Well now you do it. You can't unlearn uh, that. It is ear grating. It is rough. My Let's go. All right, I want to hear it after we're done recording. <laughs> Alex, what are you looking forward to into the new year? I don't have a whole lot of like personal goals too much. I mean, I really, I mean, you know, I have the boring stuff like, oh, I want to get better at saving money and we're all there, buddy. (laughs) I want to like save up and go on a trip. I felt just very like trapped recently (laughs) in the sense that. that like just life has been very like mundane and repetitive and I just need to like get out and go somewhere. A solo Uh, vacation. I took one later or in like October last year Mm -hmm. helped so much like helped so much with my mental health yeah I just need to do that because like (laughs) these I mean you know these past few months especially like working in retail and everything is like I've just felt so much like crumbling and now I'm just like okay I just just have to step away for a little bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think too that's a matter of like you kind of start understanding why PTO is the way it is because it's just like oh you can accumulate that because you need to go through so many months of feeling mundane and then going all right, I need a break. I need to get away. Like, well, I that five like, days. <laughs> I, I mean, I have like 45 hours of PTO saved up, I think. Ooh, so like, I could that. just take a week and go. Yeah. yeah I just need sometime. money to do that first. But uh, that. <laughs> yeah. So I started that off saying I don't really have anything personal. I quickly thought of that. That's a pretty personal thing. As far as anything else goes, there's a lot coming out this year, entertainment-wise, that I'm super excited for. I feel like just like every like five years or so, you have like that year mm-hmm. with yeah. just a lot of great game releases and a lot of great movie releases. And I feel like after COVID, this is going to be like the first one of those we've really had in a while. Yeah. yeah and I'm just so excited. Back. And in like March... I think I told you this already. I ordered like from Limited Run, like the collector's edition of Jedi Survivor. It comes with like a replica of uh, Cal Kestis' hilt. Yeah. And it comes with like this big like Fallen Order style box that it sits in. And it's like, it's by far like the most money I've spent on anything like stupid and nerdy, but I'm so happy. (laughs) Oh, dude, yeah. My thing is my rule for nerdy stuff now is like, don't have a lot of cheap things have a few really good things. Yeah. Like some action figures is totally fine. I have I have my DC shelf that mm-hmm. I have above my desk, but it's like I'm going to be thinning that out and it's going to be like I only have room for the things that make me feel classier as an individual, yeah. but also more humble as a person. Dude, <laughs> I completely agree with that because I'm I'm getting rid of my old Halo toys that I have right now and uh, you know what I got? I got a Needler replica. 
There you go. That's <laughs> so, <laughs> so cool. <laughs> it's awesome. And right, I've actually been meaning to bring fifth- this up to you guys. Steve Downs is going to be at Nashville Comic Con this summer if either of y'all want to go because I want to go meet him. I do want to go to Nashville Comic Con. Okay, I, cool. Let's meet Master Chief. I'm down. It's so cool. Um, I've got like that with Legos where like I buy one big set a year. I might get a couple small sets here or there. But like in 2022, it was the Daily Planet. Or not Daily, Daily Planet. Bugle. Daily Bugle. Which, oh my word, such a fun set. It's like, so cool. So cool. And, then, and all the characters it comes with alone is worth the price. Oh, and I'm slowly going to buy, like, start buying customs of, like, the other Spider-Man villains that yeah. doesn't come with. I'm getting a Morbius for it. Yes! I can't wait. Yes! Let's go, dude. They do have an official one of him. Yeah, if I can get the official, <laughs> that'd be good. But you're like, yeah, but, but I needed to look more like Jared Leto. Like, <laughs> okay, but here's the Actual thing. cult leader Jared Leto. Before they had an official uh, Spider-Gwen, I got a custom one. And the custom one looks better than the official one they have. Fair. Now. So... That's fair. A lot of merchandise is that way. <laughs> I feel like that about Metal Gear Solid merch. Trust me, because all the official stuff is just like, you want this action figure that can't move its arms? And then it's like, this one has 60 points of articulation. And you're like, I'd much rather make Solid Snake as flexible as I can. I do have a lot that I'm excited about. I'm choosing this year to let myself get more excited than I've let myself in years past. I've been very cynical about movies uh, since COVID came out because like studios have been so protective and like, right, I'm going to hold on to this. But the Indiana Jones 5 trailer, I saw it. Oh, yeah, I've been that's... saying since the beginning that I'm not going to go see it because I don't think there should be a fifth one. I'm still not sold on that one. Yep. But <laughs> hearing Sala have dialogue again i was like okay maybe but you're gonna go see it i don't know i don't you know are. That. yeah dude we're all three of us are seeing that are you kidding me <laughs> no Here's this just thing. goes back years because he's had this he's this had opinion this opinion for years for, and now like it's finally since here. four came out and now and the, and the entire time i've been like you're gonna go see it and he's like no i'm not but what i am excited about there are two movies in particular that i'm getting very hyped for and this was one that i wouldn't have gotten excited about but i'm choosing to get excited about things chicken run two baby chicken run was the first <laughs> movie sorry, i saw what? in the Is theaters happening yes zachary <laughs> zachary <laughs> levi is uh playing the rooster i didn't know that there was a chicken run too until like two days ago and then i found that out and i was like oh that's neat then you mentioned it last night can i just say uh, (laughs) and then now you're finding out about it about about 20 seconds ago so like it what yeah is it the same rooster from chicken run one yeah they they've like completely recast it okay well i can't imagine why they'd want to recast that rooster (laughs) mel gibson oh yeah (laughs) That would do it. Hollywood sweetheart, Mel Gibson. Yeah. Also, Star of Daddy, Daddy Home went, what, 2. What was it, Chevy Chase or something? <laughs> um, and then the second movie, I was excited about this when I saw the poster on, like, when I opened up, like, Google and I saw the poster pop up. Creed 3, baby. Mm. Yeah. Alex hasn't seen Creed, and I'm very yeah, excited man. to show him those. Despite borrowing Caleb's DVD of it for, like, four months, I actually Dude, never saw good. it. <laughs> Michael B., Jonathan Matrix. Yes, the Goku and Vegeta. Don't need to say anything else. (laughs) But setting aside those movies, I'm also excited. I have a I've I've been trying to write a comic book and it's been a struggle because I've never written one and I don't have an artist, so I don't have anyone to be like, "Uh, excuse me, how do page layouts work? So but I hope to get that finished this year, or at least the first part, because it is in three parts. So I hope to get at least the first 
part finished in like a workable one where I could hand it to an artist. I don't think that's what's going to happen with it, but you know, just no, to but do having that, that goal along. in mind, like I think with something creative saying like, I will do this is yeah. like really important. And then my D and D campaign that's been going on since 2020 is probably wrapping up this year. It's, it's going to be kind of bittersweet to say goodbye to all those characters and everything, but also endings are very important to stories. And so and I've never gotten to have a, like a really good ending to a D&D campaign because last How time I tried you. to end one, it ended up, I <laughs> killed everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Four years of playing and we all died. Yeah. And we all died. You were so close. <laughs> we were so, single digits, right? Yeah. yeah. One, one hit, you could have gotten <laughs> we were right at the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, so I'm just excited to, to lead these people through that ending. I think that'll be really fun. That's cool. I mean, I I don't have that attachment to D and D, so I can't really emphasize empathize empathize empathize. But the thing is, is that like when you become emotionally attached to something that's like a creative endeavor, I think that it's very hard to say goodbye. It's kind of like I mean, I, I feel that way about when you're writing a song and it goes through so many different fa- or, you know phrases, and you're just like, oh, but this is the finished. Part. Yeah. Hmm. Like I've been like that with a song that I wrote when I was initially like 15. And it started out as like a bad ripoff of something else, which most things do. But like now I'm at the point 12 years later where I'm like, now I can present it to the public because it doesn't sound at all like that other song now. It's completely different and I'm very happy. So yeah, 2023, who knows what it will hold for us, but... You know, hopefully we can go into it and uh, grab life by the balls. Ah, <laughs> uh, grab them and yank them. But one of the best things about 2022 and any year for me is the things that come out that you don't expect. The things that come out that you're like, oh yeah, I've heard about this, but I'm not sure really what to expect from it. For 2022 and me, that was Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is probably yeah. one of my favorite movies Uh, The Northman was like that. But also in 2022, Tales of the Jedi, which came out and it is transition. Transition. Hopping on that segue, baby. Tales of the Jedi did come out and it is once again an animated anthology series that's helmed by Clone Wars creator Dave Filoni. This one goes over a young Ahsoka Tano, but more so it goes over a young Count Dooku and kind of comparing and contrasting those two lives as they come up through the Jedi Order in very short 15 20 minute long episodes and this for me was one of the best Star Wars things to come out in a very long time. It was really good. It was really good. Rewatching it this morning I was like forgot it was this good <laughs> honestly uh i've i've only the thing it's is just microdosing star wars <laughs> it really is though but caleb you also have an opinion on it what is your opinion on it buddy oh boy i feel like you're you're kind of uh putting you on the, the spot wall. am i no, 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 caleb it's, a, it's yeah, amazing it? yeah, it's amazing it? it's what do you show. think what do you what think is it caleb huh? huh so tell us how great you think it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Across my various podcasts, I've learned something, and that's if you're just kind of mild on a show, even if you think it's good, but it's like not amazing. If you're sitting next to someone who loves it, you're going to come off as the negative person. So I'm just going to lean into it. This is perfectly good supplemental, supplementary material if you're already invested in these characters. Outside of that, what? it's kind of whatever. <laughs> like technically, obviously like well animated, all that stuff. The characters are fine, Caleb. but you know. Caleb, if it's going to be another episode, I need to do your intro. Caleb's hot take! Tell the Jedi mid! I don't use that word. Tell the Jedi mid at best! (laughs)
I think mid is hashtag a, middle for yaddle. Every now and then, I think of that I time like, where you told me that, why you don't like mid, and I was just like, yeah, but I don't want everything to be a thesis on why I don't like something. One of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite quotes that I've ever made that I don't even remember saying. The guitarist from my band, Aaron, uh, he's a wonderful individual, and the first thing he remembers me saying is walking into our drummer's house and seeing a picture of my drummer's child and me going, "Yeah, that baby's pretty mid." <laughs> See, that's good. That's a good use. And of the I word don't. Mid. Even remember saying it but Aaron's like I knew in that moment me and Steven would be friends and I'm like I don't even what are you referring to mid is just like it's a conversation shout out Bryce hi bud we know you listen (laughs) (laughs) hi Bryce you still got that mid baby love you Bryce I don't think your baby's mid I've never met your baby baby. I've never met your baby I'm sure they're great It's um, a she. I'm sure she's great I'm sure she's better than Tales of the Jedi Um, I like the Dooku stuff. Yeah, some of it. Dooku yeah. stuff's cool. It's a it's a cool story to see that. I feel like we haven't really gotten before. No, I think like we've always just seen Dooku as a dark side villain, and I think it's kind of cool how like watching it, I was just like, oh, this is kind of like if Obi Wan had Anakin's temperament. <laughs> yeah, because he was the... behaving very similarly <laughs> to like the in... way Anakin does sometimes. Yeah, you can infer a lot from Count Dooku from what you hear about him in like the Clone Wars and stuff. But this is like actually sitting down. And I think it's a smart decision to pair him up with Ahsoka because, well, they obviously never interact. But to be like, these two people left the Jedis. Why? They're very different experiences. But at but, the end of the day, the real the reason why they left, though, is very much the same. Mm-hmm. It's at the end of the day, the Jedi Order is supporting something that they do not need to support. And when you have such a powerful belief system as is in the Force, you need to be able to have all points of view available. Otherwise, you ostracize people and they either reject your order and don't really interact with it. Mm. Or they reject your order and become the apprentice to Darth Sidious. Well, it's th- <laughs> like, you know, I think this is why so many... Just happened more times than once. I, just... <laughs> I, I think this is why so many people get politically disenfranchised. Because, like, it's so clear that, like, liberalism is slow-rotting death when it comes to, like, a democratic system. Yeah. If it goes right, you can end up leaning one way and you can, like... Try to try to do what you can on the progressive end of things, or you can start wa- like listening to Andrew Tate, and you can become Count Dooku. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can become musclehead conservative in about five seconds. The top G has been arrested. <laughs> and that is one thing that I learned: is we, that we must, must act. We must become top G. <laughs> do you, rem- do you have any G. idea what it's like when a man gets stabbed? <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I do want to say about the show, like just very generally before we get into like the plot. First off, the animation is incredible. It What's looks so, so good. It, it goes between... Can we get Clone Wars remastered? <laughs> right. To me, that final season of Clone Wars and this to me... It, it hits this direct midway point between hand-drawn and 3D. It's like hand-drawn details on 3D models. Like, for me, that first episode, seeing, like, mm. Ahsoka's people, the patterns on their horns and their pieces look like paint, but they also look like skin, but they mm-hmm. also look, like, drawn on. They, It's incredible. I think that one is just so visually impressive because, like... You know, you watch the other episodes that have to do with, like, humans and stuff, and it's like, your brain goes, okay, that's not exactly what a human looks like, right. but that's human. But, like, with that episode, 
everything is just so contained to like her species for the most part. I mean, yeah. there are some people. Well, no, I'm thinking of the last episode. For that episode, it's just her species. Yeah. And so it's just it shows how like if Star Wars just like takes this takes their idea and just expands on it with like stuff that we don't know like you can get really beautiful shots and vistas oh yeah the people there look. is it a looks shot incredible. from every one of these episodes that i would get framed on a wall ahsoka talking to the this tiger thing in the first episode looks like a cross between raikou from from pokemon one of the <laughs> that's what he looks like i yeah. was trying to think he looked like yeah something. raikou the, the thunder the, <laughs> yeah. the the lightning lion uh from the generation it's with the Entei. Tiger, but, yeah. the, but then the saber tooth tiger from ice age see i was i was thinking the nashville predators mascot Nash. oh kind of yeah wow because well, <laughs> i watched it i watched it with destiny and when it came out i'm like you're nashville predators <laughs> Yeah, it looked like that, but the, the frame of her like reaching out and like touching this animal, I thought was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like, but two, anything that Count Dooku did, I found like extremely interesting, especially because the way that he's designed, you can tell how old he is by the context around him, but also like by just little subtle changes. He has no beard. He has longish beard. He has longer beard with gray in it. Okay, this has been many years. I understand, but they mm-hmm. all feel very natural to this character. I appreciate all the little details on like the fabric of the characters. Yeah. Like it just it just lends to that kind of painted quality, and I really love it. Even in like his behavior too, because like one of the one of the scenes from the hostage episode that stuck out to me the most was kind of a subtle detail, but like it told a lot about him. And it's uh when they walk into the bar to like ask where the son has been taken to, they start like rejecting his questions and whatnot. And then he just like takes his lightsaber out and puts it on the table, and he's like, "Let me tell you my intentions yeah. for being here. Let me make my <laughs> intentions." And he didn't clear. like he didn't like try to force it. He just like showed he had power in like such an eloquent eloquent way. Yeah. And like I think by contrast, like Qui-Gon, who's still young at this time, like he's a little like unsure of himself. He doesn't really know what to do. Yeah, and, and I think you, it was just cool that they had that dynamic. And you know, you talked about it a little bit earlier of like they have this dynamic that's almost like opposite Anakin Obi-Wan. It's like if Anakin was the master and Obi-Wan was the student to the point where Qui-Gon even like quotes Obi-Wan from the Phantom Menace. He goes like, you have become a great Jedi. And he goes, you know, all because of your teachings. And it's like Obi-Wan has definitely said that to Qui-Gon. But then I know that Anakin has said that to Obi-Wan. And knowing where they all end up, it's like this terrible parallel to the point where even when Dooku, and we'll get into it in a minute, but like when he's having that whole thing happen with Yaddle, he gets down on his hands and knees almost kind of like Anakin after he helped Sidious like defeat Mace Windu. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just crazy, the parallels for me. I really love them. I do want to shout out Corey Burton. And Corey Burton's been playing Dooku longer than Christopher Lee ever got to. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, Christopher Lee got to play him in two movies. But Three if you count the Clone Wars movie. I was about movie. to say he was Dooku in Clone Wars. <laughs> this is true. The movie, not the show. Um, right. <laughs> but what Burton's able to do with Dooku, like, because he is able, like, I think he is an expert at capturing Lee's inflections and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I've watched a lot of Christopher Lee movies, a lot of his like bad B horror movies and stuff. But I started to get into those. It, they're fun. Cause yeah. he always has this, especially when it's like that with another fun. person who you like will recognize from like the nineties revival of when Burton was pulling out the hammer guys into his movies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tim Burton, not Corey Burton. Right. But um, <laughs> no relation, but he's able to capture like that gravitas and stuff, but he's also able to like, really explore this character in ways that you never could in the movie. I feel like this is kind of the final step in that where he's where he's fully able to figure out, okay, 
what type of serious was he back when he was fully in the institution of the Jedi? And how did that begin to crumble? What I would love to get, because I think this is a natural jumping off point for more Dooku stuff. Yeah. A show would be fine. I would love to get an audio drama, though, with Corey Burton playing him. Ooh. Because, oh, that voice can carry just about anything. What's funny is Dooku's log, star date, (laughs) 3.614. Obi-Wan was at it again today. (laughs) (laughs) This Obi-Wan kid. Watching Obi-Wan from a distance because it still hurts when I think about Qui-Gon. Anyway. (laughs) No, the, the thing is, like, what I love about Corey Burton's voice with Dooku is that he doesn't sound like Christopher Lee entirely but what's funny is i mean he voiced him uh back in 2d clone wars Mm -hmm. for me what he does is that like you said he was like he captures the the phrasing of it correctly it's like the only person who should voice ahsoka is ashley Eckstein. ashley Eckstein is the only voice for ahsoka in animation to be played in live action is a little bit different I think, and that's the same way with Matt Latin and, and Anakin. It's the same way, in my opinion, with James Arnold Taylor and, and Obi-Wan, because he doesn't sound exactly like Ewan McGregor, but he gets what Ewan McGregor is bringing to that character to then cement it. Mm-hmm. It's like you look at Revenge of the Sith and you look at Matt Latin as Anakin, and it's the same thing where it's like, yeah, he's serious and emotional, but if given the chance, he's a super fun guy. It's just a shame about all that other stuff that happened to him. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> I could be a really fun guy. <laughs> I could be a really chill dude. Start date 4.914. I told Obi-Wan a joke today to try to cheer him up. He laughed. <laughs> it was a good day. It was, good. <laughs> it was a good day writing in journal now. Wait a minute. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the specifics of each Dooku episode or do we just want to talk like jump to the big one uh I think jumping to the big one's probably a good idea yeah because the middle one is kind of mid like having the, 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 <laughs> yeah I didn't mind <laughs> the voice performance has sucked in that one besides besides like the two leads. dude yeah the senator oh guy sucked like that was the 1.2 of animation where I was just like yeah they just needed this guy to look like a human potato I I do think matching Dooku up with Mace makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think any of the Dooku episodes are bad, but that one probably was the most forgettable of his t- his three. The, you might the, say it's mid. <laughs> I wouldn't because that's a conversation ender, not a conversation starter. The, the oh my god, I don't I don't want to I don't want to have a conversation about that middle episode, so we're good. <laughs> no, my thing is like the the things about that middle episode that work is the bookends. It's it's beginning with Mace, it's the ending with Mace, and the fact that like he made it onto the council and is like, oh, I'll speak for you, and it's like. This is once again lending to the fact the thing, the one thing from Last Jedi that established that I think all of us can agree on is like Luke saying the Jedi Order became so stuck in their ways that they allowed Lord Palpatine to rise to power. Yeah. And it's like this all needs to lead back to that original sin and the fact that I cannot, the thing that made me think more about this is actually Yoda. Think about this. Yoda trained Dooku, who trained Qui-Gon, who trained Obi-Wan, who trained Anakin, all of which Yoda had interaction with and died before he did, except for Anakin. My thought is just like, how deep into that depression must he have actually been on Dagobah? Thinking he ran about... away to a swamp planet for 30 years. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, it It actually, does he Does he blame himself for everything? I mean, he did train a couple mass murderers. So yeah, yeah, a little bit. Oh. <laughs> and also, like, he was also 
around during the High Republic. So he was around when like the the experiment of the Jedi Order actually made sense and was working. Right. And like how much of that is him like like kind of losing himself in the past and being like, can we get this back? Right. I wonder. Or like, could we ever have gotten that back? Yeah. It's just I I thought about that. And that was what was interesting to me during that. Uh, But the big episode that we're referring to is, of course... Uh, not with Yoda, but with Yaddle. Alex, would you like to point out your favorite thing about this performance? Uh, can you be more specific? What oh, are you just about? oh, just that, just that the way uh, the way that Yaddle oh, talks. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, Yaddle speaks perfectly normally, uh, like well structured sentences and everything. Voiced uh, by so Bryce Dallas Howard, who did a very good job. She did do a good job. Very she good. She was job. fine. Uh, okay, <laughs> mid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So uh, Yaddle. Uh, speaks perfectly normally. Sentences start at the beginning and end at the end with her, uh, which just makes Yoda a little green weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> it's really strange. And I know that it's like that's how his monster, his master talked or whatever is the the. Yeah, but reasoning. I don't care. It's weird. Yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> uh, strange. I think, I think it makes sense. Just like the idea with me is that like Yoda must have grown up on Coruscant or at least not not on Yoda world yeah not on Yoda world not enveloped in Yoda culture like gosh I hate so much about like just give the Yoda people a name yeah right like (laughs) that's actually everyone's gonna hate it but you have to bite the bullet they did that in Dragon Ball Z as well they straight up like you can create your own character in one of these games and it's like Saiyan Namekian Abu and then it's like Frieza's race I'm like, you couldn't make one up for the game, you idiots. Like, Can we give Yoda's race a name right here, right now? Uh, Yodums. That works. Yodums, jug bag, Christmas, coming day, ABC family. I was going to say, yeah, we should say some really uncreative, like, I don't know, the Basha or something. But uh, no, Yodums is much better. Yeah, yeah Yodums, Yodums from cool. Yoda Yodums, world. The Yodels. <laughs> See, we can be uncreative or we can blame Yoda's parents for being uncreative by naming him Yoda. Yeah, well, one's named <laughs> oh, Yoda, one's true. named Yaddle. I'm assuming the rest are y-, y Vowel D. And so, then there's Grogu. His parents, they had a mission. Yeah. <laughs> Grogu is Grogu like raise the their Grogu children like the Evangelicus would <laughs> one of them too. Yeah, so Yaddle, it, she's starting to pick up that maybe Dooku isn't uh, so happy about the Jedi Order. This is around the end of uh, Phantom Menace too, yeah. so Qui-Gon's dead, so we get some really good grief uh, performance from Corey Burton with that. That scene of him looking at the tree and the music is going, to me that music reminded me of that one scene from, from Revenge of the Sith where like Anakin and Padme are like staring out the window but you can feel that they're looking at each other without really seeing each Mm -hmm. other that music made me feel so much in this scene and him talking about Qui-Gon being born on Coruscant and being fascinated with this tree because he grew up on a city of you know on a planet of metal like it was so wonderful and that that's the garden that Yoda in the the wills of the force episode like saw a good dooku in that's the same garden that he saw that vision of qui-gon being alive and and dooku being alive and well and it's like that's probably the last place he saw him after like before qui-gon died and that's so sad to me like that's so sad that is sad Sorry. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's a good tree. So Yaddle follows Dooku and Dooku's meeting with Sidious and stuff. And Sidious is like, I've done what you've asked. I've like erased the records of Sifo-Dyas, all this stuff. Yaddle comes in. It's like, we can change this together. Don't do this. And then they have a fight and Dooku kills Yaddle. Rest in peace. I loved 
the fight because like what I love is that Yaddle actually does kind of give in a little bit and say I've left the order which makes sense because you see her on the order in Phantom Menace and then you don't see her in the later movies mm-hmm. so it's like mm-hmm. what happened to Yaddle did she go off to kill that crate dragon herself <laughs> <laughs> No, because she was waiting for a Lego minifigure to come help out with it. (laughs) (laughs) But no, like what I what I love, though, is like so like when they first meet, the window is open and Yaddle is on the side of the light. And then you see Sidious and you see Dooku in the side of the dark. And then when you believe Yaddle is dead and he's closed the door on it and he looks so defeated and then she rises up and the light permeates through the room once more only for him to then snuff it out. It's not a happy accident. It's a deliberate decision mm-hmm. that Dooku is making to now lean entirely into the dark. And yeah. like thematically, I just thought that was so freaking cool that they did that with no dialogue. I didn't whatsoever. even think about that. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, thank you. <laughs> just something I examined. Today. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, you don't realize that's why it makes you feel the certain way, but because thematically it's blending these things together in such an interesting way, you're just like, my brain can't handle it, but they didn't even say words. Like, it's so cool. Like, I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Caleb, how do you feel about it? <laughs> Mid. <laughs> Court Did is now in session. We both agreed. Uh, Alex, excuse me, sir. What anything? is what is the jury's verdict? Uh, we here uh, find the defendant. Mid. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, do you have anything to say about the episode, Alex, before Not I too much. Poop on Admittedly, the party? okay, so I told you I watched him this morning. I watched him out of order because I wanted to start with the Ahsoka stuff. And okay. so, you know, they released them like, or I mean, they released them all at once, but it's like Ahsoka starts with episode one, then skips to five and six. Yeah, that's so. I watched those, and then by the time I got to the last two episodes, I just didn't. <laughs> I just didn't want to watch it. That's <laughs> kind of the one thing about the way the show. But it, is I know it's a great episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of the one thing uh, the show is structured as that I'm not really a fan of is like I wish they would have had the Ahsoka stuff in the beginning. And then would have had the Dooku stuff at the end or vice versa. You go away from Ahsoka for so long that like you almost kind of forget about it. For me, the practice makes perfect episode is like not my favorite. It's just she learned really? how to. No, oh, I sorry. love that. If it would have been we'll get into directly it. after the first episode, I think oh, I would well, have that, liked it more. That's well, fair. But, but I, I didn't you, watch it like but that. But then so. you would have, if it was directly after the first one, you would have still had the problem where there would have been three Dooku episodes after it. You need to to figure out a better way to split these up right well my thought mm. is you know you have two ahsoka episodes after that you could have done one two three and then one two three yeah you could have easily done that but you did well the idea is they just did it chronologically right i suppose oh because i mean I'm, I'm assuming ahsoka was just born before all the yeah all I, that the would make sense down. i guess they did. that makes more huh. sense than what yeah. i was say. i, <laughs> yeah, was, I totally didn't just think of this just now <laughs> No, this has been my running thesis for approximately how long has the show so been out? Here's my, right, check my notes. That's better than my thesis, which is they wanted to do a Dooku show, but Dooku's not a popular enough character, so they wrote quickly wrote down some Ahsoka stories to put up and match with the Dooku show, mm. and then they put an Ahsoka story first because they wanted to draw in an audience. Uh, see that first that first episode though, I felt like was pretty intentional, and then like to me, practice makes perfect felt like more of a filler, and then you get to resolve. And that for me, I, resolve is that, a great episode. That's not me. That's not me trying to like no, 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 say those that. Ahsoka episodes are bad or good. It's just there's much more of a purpose to having the Dooku ones. Mm-hmm. That fills out the character a lot more than I think the Ahsoka ones 
Legends too? It's, oh, that's it's fair. much more interesting. I like I was there for the Dooku stuff. I liked the Ahsoka stuff just fine, but like the Dooku stuff, it's, it's purely because like we've seen the Ahsoka mm-hmm. stuff done. We've been with her for a longer period of time. Dooku has so much more questions about him. Well, and I think that's kind of a running problem I have that kind of like throughout you see this in the Ahsoka stuff, but it also is how I'm going to transition back to the Yaddle episode. All the Ahsoka stuff felt not bad, but fairly like surface level, kind of shallow because right. we had seen it before. Similarly, I feel like the Dooku, the Dooku scene with Yaddle is very shallow because Yaddle is a background character who kind of has become like had a bit of a cult following in the fandom, but literally before this has never had a line of dialogue. Most Star Wars people probably have no idea who she is. So what am I supposed to like feel when she dies and I still don't know anything about her? It is just, we're going to throw in something someone recognizes and then we're going to kill it off because we can't use any of these other people because they have places to be. This is the one Star Wars character who like people might recognize, but doesn't have a definitive ending. So let's throw her to the wolves and kill her. Hmm. This is Yaddle slander and I will not be here for it. Yaddle slottle. Yaddle slottle. I am not okay with Yaddle slottle. Okay. Hashtag boycott Yaddle slottle. How am I I slottling Yaddle? We here in the jury find Yaddle to be in Star Wars. Say one thing about (laughs) her except that she likes having a Kid Rock mullet. No, I mean, I don't know too much about no, her, like, the thing I, just, is, I just find it funny that she's just a Yoda with hair. For me, <laughs> I think that the, the reason why, like, you have to choose that kind of character is because, like, it should inform you that Count Dooku is finally crossing the line. Like, that's ultimately what it's about. It's not really about us feeling sad as Yaddle, you know, for Yaddle as a character. For me, it's feeling sad that Dooku has finally lost it because when you see how he's built up those feelings from those other two episodes of like this feeling of being disenfranchised you understand why someone like anakin could fall like that but see like is he crossing a line does he like yaddle or is yaddle just there she never shows up in the other two episodes and i don't think this is something that they could fix in the format of this show i think this is just kind of a problem that you kind of have to accept when you decide to tell a story in three short incarnations like this. Yeah. I don't really think it's meaningful when he kills her. I don't feel sad that she's dead. I don't feel like it was a, like a big step for him because she's just there. Like I said, I don't think you can fix it, but I do think it still is a storytelling problem. Well, all right. Solution. Real quick, just let me let me get this out there. So we do right. see someone in this trilogy of episodes that might lend us to another candidate. So we see Jocasta New. This is true, we and, do. And my thought is that, you know, when she goes, a young apprentice has finally interrupted, intercepted a, a Sith. And he goes, yes, is it my apprentice? And she goes, how, oh, what a fine strapping young man. dare you that say scene. the name. Yeah, me too. How dare you make me bleep out? Not only, not only <laughs> that, has to edit, there but we go, also, baby. Hack, <laughs> hack into Disney Plus's servers so I can censor Jocasta New when she says the name that must not be named. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great, though, if she just had like a Microsoft Sam voice over her regular voice and was like, the young apprentice, Brunchy Musso, has intercepted a sip ball. <laughs> I'm just picturing the Clippy or whatever his name is, the little uh, yeah. Microsoft paperclip just popping up being like, would you like help deleting Camino? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Looks like you're trying to delete an entire star system out of the out of the database. Go to control, alt, delete, Wait, then task yo. manager, then, <laughs> then, co- uh, then scheduling assistant. And run on uh, Camino.exe. 
I guess there are no Jedi's from Kamino because like what would what would that conversation be like where they're just like oh yeah where are you from oh you know I'm from Coruscant it's like oh yeah I'm from Kamino they're like that place doesn't exist and he's like yeah yeah it does no, no it doesn't. Look at the database. House. What? <laughs> <laughs> they just the entire order has to gaslight this one person. <laughs> Uh, listen, it's not in the databases. There's no way that it's actually a planet. <laughs> <laughs> the databases are never wrong. Sir, I am literally from there. <laughs> this is my birth certificate. You can forge documents. <laughs> I know the ink Look, is smudged. That's because the planet's 90% water. This 90%. Is, this is footage of my home planet. Look at the water and how it's moving. Sir, that's just recycled footage from Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> Hey, those water effects look from the Terra system <laughs> mid. And then the Camino student has to walk away. It's like, oh, he got me. He <laughs> <laughs> got me now. <laughs> I understand, though, what you're saying about Yaddle in that episode, though. I mean, like, for me, it's just I appreciated that about Dooku. I got that out of it. I was not sitting here like, Yaddle, why? I was just like, oh, Dooku, that, that's awful. That's the thing. It's, it's not about her. Yeah. Like she she is not the center of that story. She is a device for it. She is to see why like the final my brain's not working. <laughs> it's the final step there you go. <laughs> of of Dooku falling. So like I mean, yeah, I understand what you mean by like, oh, we didn't really know much about her, but like we don't have to. Yeah. Well, it's also... And if anything, it's just giving more context to a character we don't know about. And so it's like, okay, now we at least know something. Yeah, well, so we at least know how she died, died about seven times. Yeah. <laughs> um no, it's it, it it for me it mainly also comes down to the relationship where it's like if you had had a pre-established relationship possibly in those two episodes well at least then maybe i would have like this would have felt like he was making a hard decision at this point yeah it just feels like he's killing any random jedi i i understand the complaint i just don't necessarily agree with it because i didn't get that out of it i am also of the mindset that uh moving on to the ahsoka stuff if we're okay with that for me that last episode resolve only bad thing about it in my mind they wasted such a good character design that plague doctor <laughs> sith like inquisitor but is I the that coolest, was so fascinating though is a coolest looking guy it's also like, inflated like when yeah he's he's like some kind of ghost kind of thing that's what i mean like what <laughs> he is cuts, this guy she cuts his head off and then his mask falls to the ground and it's like Oh, that's some stuff we don't know about. Did he become one with the dark side of the force? What? No, I think that he just he just died. Did in that. one of those wavy arm guys at a car lot? <laughs> Wacky, wavy, like... inflatable Carmen. No, <laughs> it, it turned evil. It turned evil. God, that guy is so cool. Yeah, I love though just the. I love his voice just being like, so the Jedi, Ahsoka Tano. It is I who will be rewarded. It, it is, is me, I, the Wavy so. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the Wavy Brother. I got you in the ring for well, three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry. I'm you said turn. brother and that made me think Hulk Hogan, but we went full on That's Macho right, Man. That's right, I went Randy Macho Man Hogan. <laughs> I have two things to say about the Ahsoka episodes, and then I'm going to turn it over to y'all, because you have more of an emotional investment in this character. Favorite character, uh, yes. One, the training one, tr practice makes perfect. What a boring episode. It's just a bunch of people standing in a circle shooting at someone for like 10 minutes. Not very interesting, like action wise. And also, I, I'm sorry, I don't get what the difference between clones standing in a circle and shooting at her and droids standing in a circle and shooting at her. You could have done so much with the idea that the clones are hunting her down and stuff as practice. Okay, 
Second thing. You rough him up, Alex. Uh, I'm going to play a good cop on this one. Uh, second thing. I'm about to hold me back. <laughs> hold me back. <laughs> hold me back. <laughs> that uh, the, that, that uh, showdown with her and whichever Inquisitor he is, pretty good. Darth Plague. Very, very. <laughs> Darth Plague mask. <laughs> Darth Plague doctor. <laughs> Going back, it's like just clear that it's like, oh, these people understand the DNA of Star Wars. This is a Sergio Leone scene, and it's pretty good. All right, rough me up, boys. Alex, go right ahead, buddy. Listen, let me let me tell you the reason I like it so much. I got to watch her train and become her own Jedi, become her own person, and then I got to see her go off and be independent while an entire order of her peers was slaughtered. And I see her master as this alternative master who wants to train someone to be better than they are, and just goes about it in uh, in non-traditional ways. Unorthodox. And so I, yes, unorthodox ways. And so when I see that wonderful, amazing episode, Perfect, that may not be... nigh untouchable. Not everything has to have the most substance in the world, but I think it's great. And the reason I think it's great is because not only does it reinforce the way he teaches her throughout the Clone Wars, it shows how it actively benefits her. I mean, it even ties into the stuff in season seven, mm-hmm. but it shows that like she was trained to survive, not just kill droids. And that she was trained to attack, to defend herself against people who are unpredictable, not just program robots. Exactly. That's the difference. Yeah. And they make that very clear in the episode that that's what the difference is, is because clones are actual people who will actually like know how to hunt someone down and stuff and know how to track and do all these sorts of things. So she has to be aware of what's going on where you don't really sense much of what a droid's going to do. I get that. But at the end of the day, visually, they're still just standing in a circle. I wanted I wanted there to be Yeah, but it's more. 10 minutes. Yes. Who cares? Yes. Yeah, but you can do yes. a lot but 10 minutes. Yes, but in an Akuras, in a Akira Kurosawa movie, sometimes it's just two people standing and looking at each other holding their swords. Yeah, that's resolve. Also, like, I can I can get into the difference between how these are oh, no, composed just, if you I'm want. Saying, I'm <laughs> saying, though, like the way it's choreographed shouldn't matter because the message is still the same. Absolutely not. The way it choreographs definitely does matter. Like choreographing is an essential toolkit no, I'm in saying it matters. Filmmaking. I'm just saying it doesn't have Caleb to be intense. <laughs> it shouldn't be. It doesn't have to be super intense for the point to be made. But no, no, no. Exactly. No. I just, I need, I need a visual differentiation between what she was doing in the Jedi Temple and what she's doing with the Clone Wars. The only differentiation is that the people holding guns look different. And then they tell me that looks different, but they don't show me that. The difference is it sh- it shows you how she's been training this for literally years, though. And it shows how she started off horrible and couldn't do anything to protect herself. And as she goes through it, she learns to defend herself. And that's eventually what saves her life. Okay, also so I did not the- get that. Like, I, that's something I completely missed. I thought they oh, you like, just over the course of a through- weekend. I didn't know that is years. over the entire oh, Clone Wars because you see the armor change. You see all them uh, change. And then like it literally caps off with at the end, her and Rex walking through the hallway of, to go uh, fight the rogue. Yeah. Clones. So yeah. that makes and that makes to sense. go fight Jesse. And that's something I forgot about is yes. Jesse was the first person to get her. And then she yes. whine or she and indirectly she to, kills him in the end. The fact is because he, they crash the ship into the ground and Jesse dies after trying to kill her. And in addition to that. It's that he, a few episodes ago, he was the one she saved from Maul. 
Yeah. So it's like there's this constant through line with her and Jesse in particular for it to end and for it to be like for her to be more in tune with the force. Because think about it, like when you're fighting a droid in, in front of a bunch of people, it's like it felt very like she's just going purely by like what she's seeing. But then the moment Anakin puts her in that circle with people, she's go- he's going, don't just look at the triggers, feel them. Yeah. And so it's like now she's at this point as a Jedi where she has the exact midpoint between using the force and being handy with a lightsaber. I think from that point of view, it's extremely useful. And I think, yeah, to wrap that up with the poetry Man, about Jesse. that's my favorite episode of Tales of the Jedi. It's, it's, a, lot better than, it's a lot better than I thought it was initially. It, it makes sense because you like, you really like the clones and you really like Ahsoka. Those are that's things that... message to it too. Those are things you like really... <laughs> I get knocked down. I get, up, I get again, up again. And then they don't get me down. down. I get knocked down. But, but those are things you connect with in Clone Wars. I don't really care about those things. And Fair. So when I'm watching... I I, I don't I, I like I realize at the end that they're going into season seven and that she's going to fight the other clones and whatever blah 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 but like I do think it just shows the difference in like priority for me is in these episodes I'm going to need a little bit more because I'm not going to be super tuned into all the references and stuff neither way I think is a better or worse way to watch the show I just think it shows the differences in experiences and I can understand where you're coming from being such a fan of Clone Wars. And I think as well, at the end of the day, I view, especially them stacking these two characters up against each other, what I view is how essentially the conversation around these episodes is the difference between standardization and deviation. You know, is the standardized method of the Jedi Order something that can actually be practical? And in that way, what is that really talking about? That's talking about faith. That's Mm -hmm. talking about belief. That's talking about things along those lines, spirituality, however you want to put it. Because in this as well, we see the much more organized approach that Count Dooku has kind of been a part of a city, you know, a, a city planet of stone and and metal, but with one tree and then a Sokotano coming from nature, coming from, uh, like, her people remind me of the exact midpoint between, like, Native Americans and, like, Norse mythology. It's very interesting to me that those two interact in that way, which is building from that initial mission statement that George Lucas kind of had about Star Wars of blending this mysticism into it and kind of growing that out in a natural way. And so for me... The commonality between what Anakin did to Ahsoka, which is, I'm not going to have you train with these stupid droids in front of mullet Obi-Wan. By the way, mullet Obi-Wan. Yeah, I know. We got mullet, mullet Obi-Wan. We have no we more Daddy canon Obi. uses of mullet Obi-Wan than we do short hair Obi-Wan, and I'm happy about it. But the point being, he said, no, you can't have the standardized traditional Jedi thing. You need something different to be able to go against these things, go against these people. Same thing with Dooku. I feel that because of that, it put... Qui-Gon on a path to be like, you can have a girlfriend and be a Jedi. Why shouldn't you? So then he taught Obi-Wan, who taught Anakin. They both took their attachments. It branches out. For me, it just plants so many seeds in terms of like the failure of the Jedi Order. I think just if you watch this as the addendum to Clone Wars, I feel like it fills out so much more of those character motivations in interesting ways to where like, I'm never going to watch a Count Dooku episode the same, Mm. knowing that he resents Maul for killing his apprentice and somehow still ends up working with him. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Man. <laughs> it makes it so much darker. It's Bruh. like, no wonder he was totally like, I don't care about Maul. Like, <laughs> y'all have anything else? Cause I Sorry, that was a long rant. I got I a hell of a segue, but if y'all have anything else... No, that's fine. I mean, we've already gone over everything the last episode I liked, so... 
Yeah. The fact. Yeah. 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 It all just built to that. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Um, it good. No, no. It good. <laughs> Ghost man is scary and cool. <laughs> I like Plague Doctor. I like Plague <laughs> and so ultimately, I think I think the, the difference between y'all and me is that y'all are super invested already in what this is building upon, like mm-hmm. the, the blocks that this is building upon. And I think we can all agree this doesn't stand on its own and it doesn't really need to, but... Yeah, I can agree. That's fine. That. If this yeah. is the only Star Wars you'd ever seen, you'd probably be like, why? What the big <laughs> yeah, deal? Yeah. But like, also, you don't... Everything doesn't need to stand on its own. It's it's good that you can build upon yeah. what came before. And like for the Dooku stuff, that really works for me. But I'm kind of... I don't know. I'm kind of getting tired of Clone Wars and I kind of hope we move past this. And like, if we do see these characters again, I want it to be in a different timeline where they're doing different things and we get to see how Ahsoka has changed and blah, blah, blah. You know, all this so that makes me think the biggest question tales of the jedi had me left with is like what do i want to see from star wars moving forward which i think almost every star wars project kind of leaves me with so i, I want to pose that question to y'all as we enter a new year where do you want to see star wars go this year i mean going directly off of that and correct me if i'm wrong but i think we are getting the ahsoka show this year right we are getting the ahsoka show yeah. this Which, year we're you know also, is going to be taken later well we're and, also getting skeleton crew later this year which is jude law and like a bunch of children that are apparently force sensitive going into the unknown regions of star wars which oh, that sounds cool yeah which is where uh ezra and all of those guys kind of left off at the end of rebels that's an element in that show as well so what i assume we're going to get and what i want to get is I want us to get that uncharted territory. For me, what's great about these animated shows is that they are part of the recontextualization of the prequels. Like, I think that, you know, that Sam Witwer quote still holds true of like George Lucas was trying to tell a bigger story and Dave Filoni's facilitating that. But what I think I want to see from them is I just want to see them break into something completely different. Yeah, if, it, if it needs to be in another galaxy far, far away, that's fine with me. <laughs> like, if it needs to be a few galaxies over, that's fine with me. If you need to really separate yourself from the sequels, I get Star it. Wars, Andromeda. Yes, <laughs> Star Wars, Andromeda. But I, th- I think filling in those that kind of space between six and seven would be very interesting to see, like, what are the unknown regions? What did they tap into after the fall of Darth Vader and all of that? I think that would be super interesting. Mm-hmm. Honestly, for me, I'm just at a point where I'm just kind of... I want new stuff to like pique my curiosity and see where we can go from here. But I'll, I'll admit, like I'm a simp, like uh, I'm okay with more of the same too. <laughs> yeah, uh, Caleb. So you know, I have my unrealistic answer and I have my realistic answer. Reboot the franchise? No. <laughs> okay, gotcha. No, no, no. Because <laughs> I'm I'm approaching. Tear this, it down. I'm I'm approaching this. That's right. happening with DC for me, so I get it. <laughs> I, I'm approaching. I'm approaching this differently than we did our episode about what you want to see from Star Wars. I'm I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at this and it's like what are the themes to bring out and those kind of things. And so the main theme I would love to see is like Star Wars as exploration because Star Wars has been very inward. Everything is kind of folded back in on itself since the original trilogy because even like what George Lucas was doing with the prequels, which overall I think works, it's still like he's still trying to make it rhyme with the original trilogy Mm, and then you get the sequels which i would say one of those is a little bit more exploratory but for the most part they're they're definitely 
I agree. They're coming in up terms with of some experimentation, rhymes. Rise of Skywalker really, really shot for the moon. Yeah, it really did. You know, how many times can Landed Caleb... amongst the wreckage <laughs> of the Death Star in order to be uh, taken up by an ancient relic that how somehow many, knew where How many confused anyway. head tilts can we get out of Caleb? That was a, definitely a question I, they honestly to ask. Um, somehow, Star Wars has folded back into itself. Somehow, but, we've referenced somehow. the original trilogy. <laughs> but I would love to see, let's somehow tackle exploration in a story. And I think that's going to bring us out of what we've what we've seen in Star Wars. But if we don't get that, then I want to see progression with the idea of, and I think this you're starting to get this with characters like Reva on Obi-Wan, who, unpopular opinion, amazing character. I'd agree with that. You get that, I think, with the Dooku stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter says men. <laughs> no, no, I'm nice compared to what Twitter says. <laughs> but you get that with the Dooku stuff in uh, in Tales of the Jedi. I want to see what it looks like splintering. I want to see this idea of like, we all know how this goes. There's the light side, there's the dark side. There's the Sith, there's the Jedi. But within the light side and the dark side, it doesn't just have to be the Jedi. It doesn't just have to be the Sith. Let's start to splinter out those ideologies mm-hmm. and really start to like tackle this idea and not just do like, well, there's, there's gray Jedis. I love the idea of gray Jedis. But like, what's the other Jedi order look like? There are degrees What's to the Schmedi What's order the Green like? Party Shmedi equivalent order. of the Jedi order? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so those are my two words that I hope Star Wars takes into the future. Exploration and splinters. I want to and see, um, so I want to see a rat. Is, what you're <laughs> saying three is... Three turtles. <laughs> what you're saying is the Star <laughs> Wars <three>. novel <laughs> Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Is that what you're saying? Is that about exploration? <laughs> no, it's like a post Return of the Jedi like sequel thing that they wrote called Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Yeah. My friend really antagonized me about it for a while saying, you haven't read it? And I was like, no, I haven't because it's called Splinter of the Mind's yeah, Eye. Yeah, sounds which dumb. Sounds like a Dune sequel no, no, yeah, than see, the not Star is, Wars sequel. It sounds dumb in this context, but if David Lynch announced his next movie was Splinter of the Mind's Eye, <laughs> I would be there. I'm doing a two-part movie. The first one's called Ronnie Rocket. It's about a four-foot-two individual with a giant red pompadour who travels on alternating currents of electricity, followed by Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Yes, I'm directing Star Wars Episode Ten. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go, the prophecy! <laughs> hey, Boys, we got Chapek out. We got Iger in. You know what that means? We're probably going to get Star Wars movies again. Yeah. So get David Lynch on in here. Yeah. While we still can. That man's going to live forever. How dare you? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, too, with Tales of the Jedi, I would love for one of these to come out every couple of years and be about two separate you know, individuals. Yeah. I, I think it'd be interesting to do like an early days Darth Maul being trained by Sidious versus like Luke. Like the game you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, if you did that versus, like, Luke, you know, like, I think that'd be interesting. Luke, like, post-Return of the Jedi, you could kind of build it out that way. You could always have two opposing forces. I think that would be really cool. I also think a young Palpatine would be very ripe for this kind of thing, to, like, very subtly see, like, his life on Naboo and kind of going from there. I think that'd be interesting as well. Do you think, uh, I don't know what the co- canon with Palpatine is, but do you think he was, like, just born a terrible person? That's why I hope is... Maybe? Uh, As far as I understood, Plagueis is for the most part still referenced as like pretty much canon. And from what I've read of that book so far, and I might be mistaken, I need to refresh my memory because it's been about a month since I picked it up. Him and his family actually knew secrets about the Force and that like they felt they were the guardians of. So there is this feeling of entitlement. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, 
Um, one thing I love about Palpatine is that he's always been a smarmy, terrible jerk. That's what jerk. I want. That's <laughs> what that, I want. <laughs> look, the thing is, the two things it describes, one is that Palpatine mastered every form of Jedi lightsaber dueling that he could just to mock them because he <laughs> what yes because he hated dueling with the lightsaber so much he hated it he was just like this is so beneath me and he did that just to screw with them just to be like and every single time we get into one of these matches i'm gonna whoop you in the first three minutes so that you'll shut up so that's why when people are like it's so dumb that palpatine's so overpowered in that throne room scene i'm like no it's not are you kidding me this man did that as a joke like <laughs> I love that. That's the Sith equivalent of, hey, I just spent 90 hours leveling up all my guns. Oh, cool. What are you going to do now? Well, now I can finally play the game. <laughs> <laughs> Final thoughts, Alex, on uh, Tales of the Jedi? Mid! It good. I hope these slaps are coming across. That's kind of half of the bit. But... <laughs> <laughs> it does no, probably sound like they're off in the No, distance, it's, which is it's funny. very good, and I didn't think I had such a strong opinion of it until Caleb started saying why he didn't <laughs> like my favorite episode, and then I just like... You know me. You know I don't really get mad about other people's opinions because I think it's dumb to do that. But, like, I legitimately got a little mad for a second. No. <laughs> Here's the thing. You don't know how much you truly love something until someone challenges it. Listen, you are so, like, zen about media. You deserve to have, you know, like, you're, you're going... I will your hill to her. die on. Alex is boiling <laughs> rage! Is my hill to die on. Alex is boiling can, rage! Y'all can circle around me, fire in all your shots, I'll deflect them. <laughs> hey if you like clone wars you'll like tales of the jedi if you like tales of the jedi why the hell haven't you watched clone wars <laughs> that would be very weird yeah. if you like tales of the jedi and you haven't watched clone wars i'm confused <laughs> if you like tales of the jedi and you've gotten to the end of this episode and you still haven't watched anything star wars i'm very interested in why you got a disney plus subscription and why you're listening to our podcast yeah, about thank Star you. Wars. Thank you, Nate. Nate liked know, Tales of the Jedi. We Do you think know Nate's Nate has been listening? dedicated to Star Wars. Do you yeah. think Nate's giving yeah, up on us? Yeah, he's just hate listening. He's crossed out listening. the name on his pillow about four or five different times now, and it's alternating versions of Alex, Steven, Steven with a PH, <laughs> Alex with a PH for some reason in the middle, Alphix, <laughs> Alphix Legends. This makes, this makes me sad. I want, <laughs> I, want, I want Nate And to, then Caleb's only on there once, and he's the name not crossed out. <laughs> well, no, he's... He's about Nate's about to cross it out now because here's the thing. I want Nate to move on. That's my wish for Nate for 2023. He needs to just <laughs> on, realize. Nate. He just needs to realize he's always going to hate us. He needs to move on. <laughs> he also just really needs he to realize us. that like the Green Party, guys, it's just never going to happen. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Nate, tell your other Green Party members that it's just not working. There are <laughs> dozens of us across the globe. I'm going to need to start like taking notes to figure out like what we've what we've assigned to Nate. What, <laughs> yeah, what characteristics we've assigned to Nate. Hey, guys, thank you for listening. This has been... Been, uh, I think a pretty a pretty fun way to start the new year. You know, yeah, my, it's a great episode. Yeah, I like too. this. <laughs> my my co-host on several of my other podcasts, Joe, does tell me every time he listens to an episode, it's like y'all need to disagree more. Well, Joe, you got <laughs> here. It. We go. <laughs> now we're pushing back, baby. <laughs> do genuinely appreciate anyone who hops on whether it's just for one episode or whether you've been listening for a while and you intend to to go the whole nine yards with us however long the nine yards end up being and trust me this year we've got a lot coming up we've got uh commentaries on the prequels coming up which are going to be so much fun yeah got some guests we want to have on the show we've got some ideas bubbling in our brains that we want to broadcast to the interwebs and you can of course follow all that if you follow our podcast on any of the podcasting platforms 
platforms that you choose to listen to. And if you want other people to join in on the fun, then rate that five stars. Give us a review because that boosts us up in the algorithm or if you just want to tell a friend, you can do that as well. You can get in contact with us by going to starwarstherapy at gmail.com. But I'll be honest, the better way to get into contact with us is to uh, contact us on our social media handles, which we're about to tell right now. Alex, where can the good people find you? Oh, the, I think the great people can find me on Instagram at Twitter at underscore Alex Bryson. Had to or, one-up them, didn't you? Huh? Had to one-up them, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, no, I just, no, no, no. I just mean like the good people, they're great. None of this good people <laughs> stuff. They are great people. I'm trying to keep them humble. <laughs> I'm trying to let them know that I'm not disappointed in them like their other dad is. <laughs> oh, uh, don't worry. I'm angry and disappointed. Well, okay. Well, you can also be disappointed when you go uh, check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash st3phe underscore. Probably disappointed because I haven't streamed in a couple months, but hey, I might be there. <laughs> hey, buddy. It happens. And you can find me at Stephen Weben. That is S-T-E-E-B-E-N-W-E-B-E-N on Instagram. And you can find me on YouTube under the way that I spelled Stephen just then. We have a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, you can find me at Caleb from the Real World on Instagram and YouTube. From there, you can find my litany of other podcasts, All New 52, Hot Trash Unlimited, and The Snub Club. You can find us later this year talking about Star Wars and, and life. life.